edition of the Funny Podcast. Good to be with you another week. My name is Chris. I'm in, well, not solo today, but we have a very special guest. Um, before we get started, make sure to go follow us on Instagram at CCA California. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And as you probably have read on the uh, title of this episode, we have some big news. And to break that news, I've got my good friend, Nate Winicky from, I guess, BD Outdoors, Pure Fishing, all of the above. Nate, welcome to the podcast, man. Welcome back. So stoked to be here, Chris. Thank you for having me on first off. Yeah, yeah. So um, I guess let's get to it. I know we had you on, uh, gosh, maybe January earlier this year. Something like that. Yeah. January, February. Ago. A few months ago. Yeah. Wintertime. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like a couple months ago, but it was like 10 oh months ago. Oh my God. <laughs> it was like 10 months ago. I know. The weird, these years have just been flying by. I know. I know. How you been, by the way? I've been fantastic. Yeah. Lots of fishing, lots of different types of fishing. You know, I've died some mountain trips, phenomenal bay fishing. Just got back from an epic trip to the Tanner Bank too. So nice. trying to diversify myself a little bit, do a little bit of everything. It's been nice. great. Nice. Well, we're going to get into that. But first, let's break the big news. So like I said before, like I opened, we have some big news and it involves uh, Mr. Nate over here. Mm-hmm. Nate, I would like to officially welcome you to the team. Uh, for those of you who are learning for the first time, we have asked Nate to join our team at the CCA California podcast along with Doc Talk. So he's going to be our new co-host. Nate, how do you feel about that? You know, it's... You can be honest. <laughs> I'm stoked. If I were going to be honest, I am so friggin' stoked. I did not think this was going to happen. You were like, hey, mm-hmm. can we like chat? And I thought we were going to do another episode. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, I got my whole day planned out. And then you're like, hey, actually... Um, so we kind of have this position open. I was wondering if you wanted to do it. And I was like, oh my God, hundred <laughs> percent. Are you serious? Not only is it talking with like everybody in the industry, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, figuring out how this whole podcast thing works. Working at Pacific Coast has been great with kind of getting in the whole social media side of fishing, which is growing and growing and growing. Oh, yeah. And this is just going to be a great thing. Yeah. I'm yeah. stoked. Well, we're stoked that, uh, that you accepted. You're part of the team now. So Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Um, really, you know, the story goes, you know, I think a couple months ago, Darren and I had spoken and we kept talking about it. And, you know, for those of you who who probably have noticed on Doc Talk, we haven't had a couple, uh, we haven't had an episode in quite some time. And um, I'll leave Darren to answer for that one. Um, <laughs> but uh, aside from that, you know, between life in general, um, you know, I just had a kid a couple months ago. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, just with CCA business alone and all that, we felt, you know, the podcast is much bigger than us. We need some more help. So Nate, we basically asked you, you accepted. It was great. It's going to be awesome. Um, not to mention that, but also, you know, super cool. I mean, we, you really kind of, um, you know, opened our eyes when you came in the first time earlier this year and, uh, stoked to have you on the team, man. Oh, I'm super stoked to be here. Yeah. Meeting all these guys, learning a lot through oh, yeah. what we're going to be talking about. You know, this is not only sharing what I have learned, but absorbing a lot through the people we put on. So oh, yeah. I am excited to get, you know, talk to all these guests and You know, it's get funny it that you mentioned that because I, you know, going into this whole project, which was last year, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, going into it, I was like, you know, this is going to be great. I'm going to, you know, get to talk to a lot of people, going to meet a lot of people and all that. But you hit the nail on the head. You get to learn a lot, too, oh, yeah. from all the people sitting in that seat and the, that seat as well. And you know, really kind of the industry experts. And um, it, it's been fun. It's been unreal. And I'm sure you'll probably feel the same way. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Well, that's the, uh, that's basically the, the big news that we wanted to get off, uh, get off the bet, off the chest there. But Nate, you've been doing 
a hell of a lot of fishing this summer. I sure have. Yeah. Yeah. Give um, us a, kind of a rundown as to what you've been doing over the summer and the variety of trips that you've taken and all the way up till yesterday too. Yeah, totally. So I think it's, let's start with bluefin fishing. Cause that's, I think everybody that people kind of know about here. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the opportunity this year to actually, for the first time, uh, fish commercially. So Marshall Booble, he owns the Westerly. It's a beautiful California, Cal- Carolina classic, sorry. Um, nice. Awesome boat, 28 feet. Not super common on the West Coast. They're mostly an East Coast boat, but they're designed mm-hmm. for pretty bad weather, mm-hmm. and it rides amazing. Nice. So I got in contact with him through Bloody Decks, and he's a big fish fisherman. He catches live flyers. We fish frozen flyers, and that's kind of our program. We fish kites, we fish live stuff, and that's it. Big fish. Mm-hmm. Big and fish only. Big fish only, right? And it sounds super cool. You're like, hell yeah, I'm down for some <laughs> big fish. But there is a process that comes with big fish fishing. And a lot of the times it's not easy. Mm-hmm. And being honest, we struggled a lot this year with as most fishermen do. And it's not really our systems or anything. It's just finding these damn things. Because not only are we looking for bluefin, but you're looking for a small subset of the bluefin population and they need to be willing to bite and the weather needs to be good enough to get to them. So there's all these factors in play, right? And when you're just thinking about it, like, yeah, let's just go out there and get them. It's typically not that easy. So mm-hmm. not only did I learn how to fish flyers, how to catch flyers, how to do all that kind of big fish stuff, but I learned the the thought process and the kind of preparation that goes behind these trips. Because even before you lose it, you leave the dock, you're a thousand dollars in with gas and I was just about to say, ice and everything. It's a completely different mentality because you oh, have man. to go recuperate that. You got to no recuperate what. that, right? So it's not really like we're just going out there for fun. It's we got to catch fish. Yeah. So you got to really dial down your systems and make sure that you know exactly what you're going or what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that kind of prefaces it that we've had a, a tough trip or a, a tough season so far. Mm-hmm. And this last trip, we had this weather window, looked like the outer banks were looking pretty good. And we decided to go for it. Head all the way out. We caught live flyers right on Clemente. And it was actually phenomenal live flyer fishing. Hmm. If you know how to do it's it's a strange way of fishing because <laughs> on the big boats, it's easier because they have these giant lights. And the, the fish, the flying fish, they have these giant eyeballs. And they get stunned by the lights. Mm-hmm. And they basically swim right towards you. So when you have big enough lights, it's easy because they fly right at you and you just net them. Right. But when you have a small boat and you got a little light, you have to be shining constantly mm-hmm. looking for yeah. them. You find one. You back down on it, and you got your net right, and they're they're all that like this little trance going right. into the net, and then once you try to net them, they freak out, they fly or they zip <laughs> away. So you got to be super quick with it. It's just one one flying fish at a time, one at a time. Oh one my time. goodness! So usually it takes two or three hours to catch twenty. It's not like scooping up squid or anything. No, like that. it's no, just no. one at a time. And but last night it took us fifteen minutes, or the last time it took fifteen minutes to catch twenty. When it usually takes three hours. So they were thick. Nice. Um, I thought it was a good omen. I was like, all right, there's bait around. It's a good sign. We're going to be good. Head out there. Nothing much the first day. And typically these fish bite best in the afternoon. If anyone who's, you know, done the kite fishing, Mm -hmm. it's usually the prime time is early, early in the morning. And then about three to sunset. So we were fishing in the morning. Nothing, right? Mm -hmm. Not any sign. Looking all around. The whole day goes by, and it's hard to keep the mentality going of, like, we're going to get them, you yeah, know, because, yeah. like, an hour goes by hour, and you're just like, Jesus. And then we had this little scratch right about 3 o'clock on the screen. We stopped. We sent out the flyers. 
I'm just daydreaming, <laughs> you know, just kind of like, what are we doing? You know, yeah. hopefully. And all of a sudden, kaboom, dude, white water nice. indicator flies down. We're freaking on immediately. The thing inhaled our flyer. Is that not the most exciting thing ever? Oh, my God. Especially <laughs> after waiting for like, yeah. you know, a whole day for that to happen. And you <laughs> see just this bus come and take your freaking flyer. It was mm-hmm. epic. Um, and, you know, that was another kind of learning process of how to fight big fish, too, because mm-hmm. that tackle is awkward. We're using Tiagra yeah. 50 wides with this eight-foot rail rod, you know. Oh, it's yeah. gnarly gear. Yeah. So it, in that's the rod holder thing. or in the stra- – Kind of both, harness? you know. Like we had this – we had a, a bent butt that could snap into a like a regular butt, you know. So right. we were kind of going in between. But it's just – it's different. It's right? an awkward and it position takes, to be It's in. a total awkward position. And then we're on a small boat and – we Especially hooked. with a guy like yourself who's like, what, 6'3", six, 6'4"? Six, yeah, I'm like six foot, <laughs> And then we have two other guys that are about the same size as me. So we're all – we got kill bags. And then – so this fish was super hot. It ate the flyer. It took a crazy run. I didn't know how big it was, but I knew it was a good size one. Mm-hmm. And we, we fight it all around. Marshall is committed on putting another flyer out because mm. that's this is the thing. is like once you get on these fish, sometimes you only get one chance at them. Make hay so while you, you can. you got to get on them while you can. So mm-hmm. they're sending another flyer out. I'm still on this fish. I'm whining and whining. They're sending another flyer out, and then boom, dude, gets bit <laughs> on the way out. Nice. And we're like, what is going on here? We're <laughs> fucking stoked. So we wind into that one. We're tight on that one. I'm on the other corner, and this fish, you know, usually the bigger fish or just bluefin, they go out and they go straight down, right? Mm. This one was just hauling ass straight out. And I was like, <laughs> we got a big one, guys. Yeah. So I'm on the left side. They're on the right side, you know, dealing with it. And also there's a chop out there because oh, it's the afternoon. So we're rolling and all this. Hectic. But I managed to get my fish in the color. It's about straight up and down. And it's over 200. I can see it. Like nice. it's it's a big one. Yeah. And we're whining. We get it right to gaff. Don, who's the other guy on the board, he's a phenomenal fisherman, but he's... He's 75, so he still got it. And for a 75-year-old, he did fantastic. Mm-hmm. But he gaffed that fish, and it nearly pulled him in. Oh. I was like, oh, Jesus. Okay, hold on. So I, I put it in the rod holder. I grabbed the other one. No, actually, I just grabbed that gaff from him. Right. And he gets the other one. And Marsh's like, can you guys lift that on? And I look down, <laughs> totally spent. And I'm like, no, we can't. So we tail rope it. Go back over, and Marshall's like, hey, Nathan, jump on the rod, because this that was that deep color now. Right. So I get back on the rod. They get on the gaffs. We push that, you know, basically wind it in. Mm-hmm. And this one was real weird, because it was just staying down, not doing much. And right when we got up to the top, it lit up. Oh, And boy. it was hot. <laughs> and it was, again, the same size, a little over 200 pounds. Okay. So it, we had it up to gaff five times. Oh. And it would do this crazy thing where it would breach the surface mm-hmm. and go, wah, 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 and you know, just like take off again. Uh, of course. And it's stressful because at that point, you got like 30 pounds of drag on the thing. Yeah. And we're using heavy gear, obviously, mm-hmm. 150 pound braid, a 400 pound liter. But like, dude, like that's a lot of <laughs> tension. Yeah. So we, it goes back and forth, back and forth. Finally, we stick it with a gaff and put it on. We get kind of reset, send out one more flyer. Mm-hmm. And again, five minutes. It's bit. And I'm just thinking this is what I've been waiting for yeah. all season, dude. Trip of this summer. is epic. Mm-hmm. Like, and this just goes to show, like, these fish are here and they're hungry, but they're just devils to find. You yeah. just got to be yeah. at the right place at the right time. So all in all, we got three fish. We got a 190, a 215, and a 206. And 
We had a quota of 585 pounds, nice. we a little bit over the quota. So we were stoked. Yeah. We started on our way back home and it was an epic time. Wow. So blue from fishing. Unbelievable. Awesome. And that was all yesterday. That was, yeah, that was yesterday. <laughs> My hands are all beat up. I'm sore as hell, but yeah, <laughs> fun times. Oh my goodness. Mm. I mean, that's, that's quite, I mean, just from a, I guess a recreational English standpoint, I mean, you can't ask for a better trip than that. That would be something that would, I mean, that's the trip that fuels you for the next 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Like you have that one experience and every time you skunk, you're like, yeah, but that one time we got him, <laughs> you know, like, you know, it can happen. Yeah. And, um, it was really cool. And mm-hmm. it was just, like I said, just seeing the whole process from mm-hmm. catching the bait to deploying the bait to catching the fish and, and come on back and, and selling them and doing the whole commercial thing. Mm-hmm. It was a great, great look. And Marshall was an awesome guy to do this with. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Did, I mean, is there any, uh, I know there's a whole lot of prep work and all that stuff from the commercial side, trying to, you know, basically pick your spots, mm. but did something tell you to go out to yesterday as opposed to today or the day before that? Um, well, in our, our kind of instance, we, we have a pretty locked on schedule. Mm-hmm. Marshall's schedules out his old trip. So we knew this was going to be happening on these dates. Okay. We basically just got lucky. Um, yeah. also we had a great weather window. So we were looking oh, yeah. at that as well. And, you know, commercially versus the sport boat guys, you know, information is harder to get around because everyone is competing against each other, sure. right? So there's small code groups, but basically you're kind of on your own, mm-hmm. which is another thing that I realized is that like, you know, a lot of the sport boat captains, they work really closely together and there's select commercial guys that work real close together, but we were pretty much making the shots ourselves, calling the shots ourselves. The lone wolves. Basically, mm-hmm. right? So... What that meant, though, is that you, you stick to a plan and you have to commit to it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, halfway through the day, you can't be like, oh, man, we should have gone to Tanner because Tanner's 60 miles away. Right. So making those decisions beforehand and trying to think about the best possibilities or outcomes or whatever mm-hmm. um, can make or break your trip. So. It's like that phrase, stick and stay and make it pay. Yeah, Like exactly. basically you come up with a game plan. There's no luxury of kind of veering off because of whatever, or you heard something on the radio, you right. kind of have to stick with it. Mm-hmm. And even if it's, you realize like, mm, probably should have done something else. You have to stick with your original plan because you never know. It could yeah. work later yeah. in the afternoon. Like us, like we got our fish. We didn't see a sign of anything until four o'clock. Yeah. And it's from 4.15 to 5.30, we had three on the deck. <laughs> like it, you, your not whole trip. Th- not just three, three massive. Three giant ones <laughs> on the deck. Yeah. So your whole trip can be made in an hour. Mm-hmm. Wow, that, that's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, that's a hell of a cap restory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, but, I mean, just going off of Instagram alone and all that, mm-hmm. you've had some phenomenal trips over the summer. It's I mean, just really unbelievable good. pictures, images, video, and all that stuff. I mean, what the hell, man? I wish I was fishing like you. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to take the most out of my youth. I'm 22, if you don't know. Follow me on Instagram, <laughs> natgeo211. Yep. Um, and, good follow. Good follow. <laughs> and, you know, what I look at fishing-wise is, you know, I see that there are certain niches that people go into, bluefin mm-hmm. fishing or, you know, sea bass fishing or, or bass fishing or whatever, mm-hmm. and they get really freaking good at that. And I have a huge amount of respect for those guys, but personally, I would want to be competent in every kind of fishing. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to catch a tuna. I want to be able to catch a bass. I want to be able to catch a sea bass. I may not be the absolute best at doing it, but I can do it. And yeah. I can have these experiences that overall kind of culminate in this amazing fishing summer, right? Mm-hmm. So 
I did the bluefin fishing, but that was kind of later on in the year. Earlier in the year, I was super into the bay. The bay was biting really good. And yeah. my dad and I, we, uh, what is that, two years now, we invested. Uh, we went up to Last Chance Boats up in Hemet. Great guys. Mm -hmm. And they got us hooked up with a 1775 Lund Adventure. Nice. It's a deep V, basically 18-foot bass boat. I think boat. I've seen it on Instagram. Yeah. Nice. And it's That's awesome. Sick. It is a killer little nice. bass boat. Um, we fish the bays, mostly San Diego Bay, mm -hmm. and in the wintertime, going into the spring, the halibut bite is like my thing to do. It is oh. what I target. Mm -hmm. It is so much fun. And, you know, there's similarities between halibut and bluefin, mm -hmm. like we were just talking about. We're like, it's not really fishing, it's hunting, where you got to really find them and you got to put your bait down there and you're kind of looking for one bite. Mm -hmm. And I, I get into that sort of whole thing. I like the whole trophy hunting sort of mindset. Yeah. At the same time, I love catching 50 bay bass. But like halibut fishing in the bay to me is very satisfying yeah. because you can really target your stuff. And if you know a pattern, you can repeat the pattern around the bay and do really well. Mm -hmm. But the highlight in terms of halibut this year was actually when I was able to go on a BD Outdoors charter on the Apollo. Mm. And that was awesome. Because oh the gosh. Channel Islands, if any of you guys know, had an insane halibut year this year. Oh, for sure. It was nutty. Even like, further north than, than yeah. that. Uh -huh. San Francisco San and all Francisco, that. San Francisco. but whole, like, whole different reason, but yeah. And, you know, for various reasons, you know, shout out to the CCA. A lot of the restrictions that we put on the commercial, like the gill nets and stuff, has made huge impacts on our recreational fishing in those areas. The um, So, going back to it though, the Apollo... Uh, we went out and we fished San Nicolas Island, actually. Mm. I fished San Nick for, like, rockfish and lingcod and stuff. Did great. Talk about a commitment. Huh, yeah, right? <laughs> We're way the hell out there. But, no, we fished, actually, the east side sand spit. It was this super cool spot where the waves were breaking, basically, like, in line with the boat. And we were doing drifts from 10 feet out to, like, 30 feet. Mm. And for me, though, it was perfect because this is, like, the exact thing, same thing I was doing on the bay. Yeah. Like drifting sardines Just in 15 boat. feet of water, the hell of a lot nicer boat. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm into this. So I'm drifting all day long and we've got a, we got a good halibut bite going. Like it's not crazy, but we're getting two or three every drift. And the fish are between 10 to 15 pounds or so. So not bad. Good ones. Yeah. And um, so it's later on in the day, we're actually fishing a sea bass spot and I switch up to a Warbait's neck breaker, mm. a little one ounce neck breaker with a... Uh, I actually changed out the hook. So typically they have one of those EWG hooks on the back of it. Oh, but okay. if you put on an Aki twist, it's this big old J hook. I mm -hmm. put a live squid on there and I sent it down oh. and it looks good. You know, yeah. it sinks down, but the squid is able to kind of flap back there because it has that swivel or that, that split ring that separates it. Right. So I'm bouncing on the bottom. All of a sudden, lift up. I'm like, oh, I'm on. Okay. I'm winding <laughs> into it. And I thought it was a sea bass. So I'm playing it. I'm playing it. All of a sudden I see, I think a seal comes up and like spooks it. And it takes oh, no. like a 50 yard run, dude. It like, <laughs> it go in a hole. And I'm like, whoa. So now I'm like, definitely. It's got a big sea bass. Yeah. So I go all around the back. I'm kind of whining. I'm playing it, being real gentle. And it's just coming with me. It's just winding up, mm -hmm. winding up. And I'm like, okay, come on, keep going, keep going. And it's on 20 pound test. I got my light gear on. So oh, I, yeah, right. So oh, like, nice like, going. <laughs> yeah, of course. Right. I like, I like finessing. So I'm just playing this thing. I'm babying it up and I'm thinking, no, this might be like a rug halibut. Cause <laughs> typically the sea bass, they'll run straight out and then they kind of doggy and they go around the boat and stuff. Yeah. Halibut take one big run. And if you're chill with them, 
they will just follow the pressure wherever mm-hmm. it goes. So I'm winding this thing up, and all of a sudden, this just brown, this like <laughs> freaking, what is it? Just like this shadow comes yeah. up, and I'm like, oh Jesus! And then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and it comes right up, and they gaff this thing and put it on, and it was like a 24 pounder, and yeah. I was over the moon, dude. Nice. I was so stoked because that was the fish I've been fishing for for like two years now in the bay, mm-hmm. and I got him not in the bay, but. On and the Apollo, still counts. on still like light gear, I was so stoked. Oh my gosh. So new PB halibut. Hell yeah. Finished off the trip with some awesome rock fishing too. So what? I mean, really fun trip. What gave you the instinct to switch out that hook? I mean, do you often experiment with tackle like that? Not really. Not really. But, you know, working at a tackle shop. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I've said that yet. I work at Pacific Coast Bait and Tackle. Come mm-hmm. on in. We're in Oceanside. Yeah. Stoked to see you guys. We're right but, down the road from there. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> um, no, I I looked at it and I was like, I want to fish something because I know that like the the white flukes mm-hmm. were getting smoked up there, and those guys have these these like local leadhead guys that pour these specific leadheads for them. But I just wanted something, right? So I just grabbed a neck breaker and just like I did it as a as an experiment, but I didn't even know if I was going to use it or not, mm. and it turned out to be bit. Hell so, yeah. Very stoked. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Well, shit. Well, that, I mean, that's one trip. <laughs> yeah. So, um, other you also than went that, out of state too. I went out of state and that was a trip that I had been planning since the wintertime. And that was um, a fly fishing slash backpacking trip to Wyoming. Mm. And always something I've wanted to do. I've taken a trip to Yellowstone a couple of times with my family. Okay. And just that part of the country is gorgeous. Yeah. And it's different from here and, and, I don't know. People say that they don't like Californians, but everyone I met up there was awesome. They were <laughs> yeah. the nicest freaking people. Mm-hmm. But basically, my buddy and I, um, we wanted to get out of the state because, first off, the Sierras were totally packed with snow. Yeah. Like, even in August, guys, were It's a big dealing. winter. It's a huge winter. But we went to the Wind River Range, went to Pinedale, Wyoming. Mm. And I didn't know it at the time, but Pinedale is actually a little epicenter of of fly fishing in southern oh. Wyoming because it's right at the base of this natural reserve called this, don't call me on this, Seedskiddy. <laughs> I don't know, but it's basically this natural part of the river down in Wyoming. It's it's the New Fork River and it's the, oh God, the Green River, I think. All the fact checkers are going to come after oh, you Jesus, now. Oh, <laughs> Jesus, I know. But it's two rivers down there and there's a, there's a fly shop, two rivers fly shop. Okay. Super cool guys. Huh. But- they gave us some info. We went to basically uh, a little boat launch because what you do down there is you do float tubing or, or float drift boating. So oh, okay. you, you launch your boat, you drift down the river, and then you pull out another area and somebody drives you back up. Oh. But we literally just went to one of those little launch ramps, and I don't really know how to fly fish, so I was just catching a Panther Martin. I was going to say, do you fly fish often? No. It's something I'm learning how to do. Okay. I'm, a, I'm, an, I'm an amateur. Yeah, like major. But that's better than um, me. I've never fly fished. <laughs> it's different, man. It's yeah, like a whole other sport. Everybody says that, and I'm like, Jesus, I know now. Yeah. So you know, I brought a fly rod. I did okay. I did much better on my spinner. Yeah. It was kind of funny. But <laughs> we literally show up the first day, totally new into town. Have no idea where to go. Um, we're on the highway. We went to the fly shop. They told us some things. My buddy, who was much more into fly fishing than I am, got a bunch of flies and stuff. And we're literally just driving kind of back to the campground, we see this sign with a fish on it. It says in an arrow pointing that way. We're like, all right, let's go. <laughs> so we go over there. We follow this dirt road all the way down to one of those drift boat launches. And we're fishing all around, kind of looping back now, fishing yeah. a Panther Martin. And, dude, it gets bit. 
Like, <laughs> I don't fish trout that often, but I throw this panther rod into a little eddy, mm-hmm. take a couple of wines, and he goes, whack, whack, and boom, I'm on. And I'm like, holy shit. Nice. So it's ripping all around. It's a natural rainbow that's like three pounds. Oh. So I'm like over the moon stoked already. Fish. It was a great, I was like amazed. I was like, that's a really good fish. Nice. So release it. Tell my buddy about my Panther Martin. He's throwing his, his fly thing. Two more casts, hook on again. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, do you want to switch? And he's like, I might. So land that one. He says, as I'm fighting it, he says something jumped over on the other side of the river that mm. was bigger than whatever I had hooked. Mm. And I was like, hmm, okay. So he kind of focused on that area for a while. I land my fish, walk back over, and he kind of moves on. So I do a cast where he said, and I take a couple of wines, and it felt like I got stuck on a rock. And I'm like, oh, shit. So I kind of lift up, and then the rock started going up current. And I'm like, oh, oh boy. So I wind into this thing, and I'm like, this is insane. I literally say that. Like, this is insane. We show up to Wyoming, and the we just, start, going we just start roping, dude. Like, so I'm like, what is this? Because this was heavier than the other ones. And then mm-hmm. it turns around, and it's dogging me. And it's not that deep. You know, it's like three feet, but it's dogging. And then I bring it up and it jumps and it's a freaking brown trout. Oh my God. And it was like 20, like over 20 inches. It was a big one. Oh my gosh. And, and I'm freaking out. I'm like, this is not happening. How do you, I mean, how do you get any better than that? And that's, I don't the, know. that's the first morning you're there too. This is literally, I, I could still see the car and I'm like, <laughs> I'm just fishing the launch ramp. Like this yeah. is, this is kind of like people fishing bass in like the shelter Island, like launch ramp area, or like you catch a halibut in shelter Island. Like it's like that. Oh wow. You know, it's people I'm sure drift right by all of this. Right. And I had some epic fishing going on. So <laughs> this fish will stay with me for a while because it fought hard. Mm-hmm. I had to like run down river with it. Like <laughs> it was got into the shot. Like it was pulling and I had four pound test, so I couldn't really pull on it. Yeah. And the thing was strong. So it took me, I, I got it all on video, but I think it was like eight or nine minute fight with this <laughs> trout. And it was like high intensity the whole time. My buddy had to help me, he netted it and everything, let it go, got awesome video. Mm-hmm. But that set out the trip on a freaking high note. No kidding. So- yeah, so we go, We then do a four-day, 27-mile backpacking loop through the Wind River Range. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I wish I was 22 again. Yeah. Holy smokes. It was cool. It's really cool. Um, the fishing, actually, I would give it like a B. It was, okay. it was good. There was a lot of fish there, all brook trout, so mm. little brook trout, but, you know, if the fishing wasn't good, the, the scenery made up for it by 10 times because it was some of the most beautiful places I've ever been. Wow. The Rockies was amazing. We got blessed with this awesome week of weather. Mm-hmm. So we hooked, we hiked all the way through. We hooked Seneca Lake. We hooked Cook Lakes. Got brookies in all of them. They were actually really cool. So on one of the lakes, this was Cook Lake. We were we were fishing all our way up. There was a stream outlet that we were fishing. And you're catching like fingerling trout. They're like mm-hmm. literally what is it, four inches or something? Right. So it's fun, but they're ravenous and they're super pretty. But we get up to like the legit lake and we set up camp and I'm kind of fishing around and like right by the outlet, I hook one that's like a good one, you know, as far as brook trout are concerned, you mm-hmm. know, like maybe 13 inches. So land that one. I'm stoked. I keep casting, hook a baby one and I'm winding it in and I look down and there is a unit of a brookie <laughs> underneath my little one. Like, 
it was like three pounds. And I was oh, like, boy. oh my God. And then it swims away and I'm like, okay, so now I know what I'm fishing for for the rest <laughs> of the trip, right? <laughs> Never saw one even close to that size again, huh. but I knew that there was big ones in that lake. Right. But yeah, so loop back around, we got back. It was an amazing time out in the mountains. Drove back home and I think I went with Marshall like two days after that to go bluefin fishing. So it was like back onto the program. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I mean, after doing a trip like that, uh, are you going to go back? To Wyoming? Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe not that exact area. Right. But there's, there's so much to explore. So much opportunity up there. And like I was talking about, just like getting competent in all these different types of fishing Mm -hmm. and you know, I may not be the best at fish catching bluefin or I may not be the best catching brown trout, but I caught a bluefin and a brown trout. Yeah. And that for me is totally enough. And yeah. that's, it's just such a cool thing. I mean, I think there's merit to that to where, you know, you may not be the best at everything or the best at one thing, but at least you've got the the gauntlet of everything. Exactly. You've right. tried everything. You know, that phrase, try everything once or whatever. Exactly. Right. So it's, it, that's for me, fishing wise, where the real kind of joy comes through is, is seeing a challenge or a fish that I haven't caught before, I don't know how to catch, doing research, figuring out how to do it, mm-hmm. and actually getting a reward, catching yeah. one. Nice. So yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Fun stuff. Nice. Well, that was a big reason why we brought you on the podcast team, because at least you you get to go fishing. <laughs> I, I'm stuck in the office. Darren's stuck in the office and all that. So at least we can uh, vicariously through you. I'll bring all the stories, yeah? Yes. Yes, for sure. Um but yeah, that sounds epic, man. I mean, I think uh, you said that you were looking forward to that trip for years or whatever. Well, I've always had an idea because, you know, before this, I besides fishing, I'm also really into climbing, okay. rock climbing and stuff. Um, and so I'd go to the mountains and I was thinking, how cool would it be to do like a, a combo trip where you did like a backpack and think through the mountains and then you, you know, fish these little lakes and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, Jesus, sorry. But so that's been an idea of mine for probably three or four years now oh wow. and then it really came together when my my buddy at the shop jacob is like hey i want to do a mountain trip and i was like me too let's <laughs> do it so we planned it out and it takes planning you know yeah. all trails i'll say if you want to do a backpacking trip is epic nice. so i think you pay like like 10 or 15 dollars or something and it is it tracks us throughout the entire time offline it keeps us on trail you can make your own trails and stuff like mm-hmm. it was a really really good resource nice so that was fun, and it was totally different than anything I had done before. It sounds different. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Any other st- stories that you have for the summer? Let's see. <laughs> I covered the Bay. I covered Wyoming. Not really. I will say that something coming up here that I'm really excited about is swordfish season. Oh, yeah. Oh, that yeah. is coming up. So Marshall is also very good at the deep drop scene. Nice. And he's done very well in the past. So cool. I'm excited to get out with him. I've caught one of those fish before. And I'll tell you. It was last year, I think, right? It was last October. Okay. And it was, if I could define that as any, in one word, it would be terrifying. Like <laughs> the whole the whole thing, just yeah. like literally you hook that fish and it's not fun even when you hook them because you're so scared of losing it. Because mm, yeah. like we lost one the day before and it was just this whole process. Like sword fishing is type two fun. If mm-hmm. that makes sense. Like type one fun is like bass fishing or whatever. Like when right. you're doing it, you're actively enjoying yeah. you having it. Sword fishing is like, it sucks <laughs> in the moment. But afterwards, once you have the picture, once you have all that, you're like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. that was cool. Like I'll do that again. Yeah. But when you're on the boat, you're like, I'm never doing this ever again. This is the <laughs> worst ever. Like you literally sit. It's a waiting game. It's a waiting game. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's putting in your time and also mm-hmm. like just basically hyper focused on that tip. Yeah, the tip. But the other way, you know, I don't think we're actually going to fish a tip rod. Hmm. It's a, so what Marshall believes is, and what I believe too, is that the buoy actually gives you a lot more, a, a better hookup ratio. So there's two ways of fishing them. There's the tip rod where you just, it's easier overall. Right. You just have everything on the rod, right? The other way of fishing it is actually you, you have, you put out your bait and then about a thousand feet down, there's a wax loop and you clip a buoy to that loop and then you send that out and the buoy staying straight up because mm-hmm. it's weighted down by the, the weight, right? Right. But once, and what this allows you to do is get that bait far away from the boat. Mm-hmm. So you can fish a buoy way the hell out there and then you can fish a tip rod up and down. Oh, so, I see. Yeah. But what happens is that when that buoy gets bit, that fish eats that bait. <laughs> Sorry. Um, is, is it kind of like the reverse of like almost like kite fishing? Sort of. Where instead of like sorta. you're not you're not flying a kite up in the air, you're basically fishing a weight down below, but then the buoy is basically guiding towards, you know, away from the boat. That's a good way of thinking about it. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Huh. So basically you can just put that bait far away from the boat mm-hmm. and it allows you to fish two baits without getting them tangled up. Um, but so when that fish, first off, it gives the fish a lot more time to eat the bait when it's on the buoy, because mm-hmm. when you get bit on the tip rod, obviously you see it right away yeah. and you start messing with them right away. Like mm-hmm. you, you tease them or whatever. Yeah. The bait, the buoy just sits there. And when the fish eats it, it eats the whole thing. And typically it gets hooked when it swims away and the weight stops it. Cause you mm-hmm. got what? Eight to 15 pounds of weight depending yeah. on the condition. So that weight is going to hit that fish and the fish then goes straight up and the booby goes flat or it goes pulled under and you're on. Hmm. So Marshall's thinking is that the buoy gives you better hookups and also it's fatiguing watching the freaking tip rod the entire day. Yeah. So we fish two buoys and just have one closer to the boat, one farther away from the boat and we just watch both of them. Hmm. So we'll see. But again, it's literally buoy watching all, nice. all day long. Nice. So yeah. When yeah, that's uh, up. I mean, it's it's not prime time right now, but we're still in kind of yeah, we're in the beginning of October. But we're in the beginnings of it. I'm yeah. kind of surprised I haven't seen one yet, to be honest. I was gonna say, um, like, I remember seeing them like maybe like September more yeah. or less. Last year, they years were, ago. Last year, September was sword season. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know what's going on. I I know there's a lot of fish being caught up north from us. Mm. I think like the Channel Islands area. Yeah. The stick boat guys are doing incredible up there. But that's a whole other zone. That's like Santa Cruz. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll, we'll be seeing how that goes. I'm excited to to hopefully get one. If if we get one, it's mm-hmm. it's a season success. Yeah. But hopefully more than that, obviously. Nice. Yeah. Nice man. Do you ever make it up there, Channel Islands or whatnot? Uh, I used to a bunch. Yeah. My dad. He. I props to my dad. So he. <laughs> uh, he he's been fishing for 50 years, right? He grew up. He was a he was a deckhand, then he became a captain, and mm-hmm. then he got into the military. But. Um, He's taught me how to fish, you know, when I was a kid, obviously, and then all the way through now. But my first multi-day trips were actually through the Channel Islands. Hmm. We would go on the Mirage, and oh, we yeah. would fish halibut and sea bass, and then we would fish rockfish. And for kids, it was the <laughs> best thing yeah. because it's easy fishing. Yeah. You literally drop a loop on the bottom, wait for the taps, and then just wind into them. And oh, yeah. halibut or sea bass don't pull that hard. Mm-hmm. So, like, instead of tuna fishing, I would do sea bass trips, and I was – so stoked on it because, yeah. you know, you learn how to, you know, eat on the boat and sleep on the boat and do all that kind of stuff. The rock fishing in the Channel Islands is some of the best in the state. Yeah. So for kids, like just dropping down, filling the taps and winding up, mm-hmm. perfect. Oh, yeah. 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 
I got my start up there too, the Channel Islands and all oh, yeah. that. It, it's the same deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, easy fishing, easy rock fishing. Yeah. I mean, even if um, I remember as a kid, we would we'd basically just plant ourselves on the backside of Anacapa and just catch bass all day. Oh, dude, all day, every day. I've or never even, done that, but I want to so bad. Oh, dude, it's the best. Even in uh, Santa Cruz Island, yeah. Oh, across the way over at Yellow Banks, Blue Banks, yeah. Plenty of bass. <laughs> it was, I mean, back in the day when we actually still had a lot of kelp, it was probably like the biggest kelp farm you've ever seen in your life. No way. It was unbelievable. Not so much anymore, huh. but it was just unreal seeing all that kelp. Damn. Like you'd have to go at least a mile or two off the beach just to try and get around the kelp. It was it was that thick. Yeah. That's something I really don't know what happened to. What, what's yeah. going on with the kelp here? Do you, have, do you know? You know, I think it, it has a lot of... A lot to do with probably water temperatures, mm. which, I mean, kelp, it's pretty no knowledge where kelp just doesn't like warmer water. Yeah. And with, you know, El Nino's and with, you know, just the water temp and I think like maybe even a year ago or two years ago, like the water temp inshore got to freaking 80. Duh, I mean, that I can't, that's not good for the kelp. Yeah, you too. So, true. you know, I, I think it's on its way back. I know that for a fact, but it's, it's just one of those deals where we're just, it's kind of like bait, right? So we mm. have all thick of, of sardines right now and all yep. that stuff, not so much shoby. Mm-hmm. And it just reverses and it just cycles. And I think we're just kind of in a down kelp cycle. I can see that. I can see that. I'm, and I'm, I'm hoping that we get a more influx of kelp just mm-hmm. because this last year was a pretty cold water year. Yeah. This summer really never warmed up that much. And even now, um, the water that we had on the tanner was 64. Mm. It was cold. Yeah. And I think it was a little bit warmer towards the beach, but not by much. I think it was still in that mid-60s. And it was only above 70 degrees for maybe a month this year. It mm-hmm. Last year was completely different. Yeah. The year of the Dorado. Oh, you yeah. Know, like, Jesus, we were catching Dorado in June. Oh, yeah. All the way through November, basically. So the water was really, really warm. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this upcoming El Nino cycle is going to affect that this next year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I thinking will- it's probably going to. You'd ask but. me about the kelp too. A lot has to do with that with the uh, with the urchin as well. Yes, huge urchin yes. urchin problem. I think we talked about that the last yep. time I was on. Yeah, and we talked about urchin harvesting, mm-hmm. and there's issues that go around ur- urchin harvesting. But many, many it is it is that's an issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So more to more on that to come for sure. Totally. Um, but uh, yeah, man. Well, stoked you're part of the team. One more thing, I wanted to yes. give a shout out. Um, you just recently started doing videos for BD Outdoors too. I sure did. I'm a BD pro contributor and that has been fantastic. Actually talking about swordfish. That's how I got my start with BD. When I caught a swordfish last year, I posted Mm -hmm. my whole experience on the BD forums. If you want to see it, search up swordfishing sucks. That's the, that's (laughs) what, that's what it's called. Uh, and I explain my, you know, the first sentence swordfishing Mm -hmm. sucks, but swordfish make it all worth it. That yeah. basically <laughs> defines sword fishing. In a nutshell. Um, yeah. So um, I got my start with them. I've been writing articles with them. Um, I've kind of branched now to like video, you know, mm-hmm. not really production, but I'm just making tackle tips and, and different things for BD. And it's been great, you know, exposure wise, mm-hmm. getting out there, kind of showing my face, getting more comfortable behind the camera. Oh, yeah. And uh goes along with this too. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be epic. Oh, yeah. I'm so looking forward to it. I know we were talking about... 2024 plans and uh it's going to be really really exciting stuff um both for the podcast for cca for doc talk mm-hmm. we're going to do a whole it, a whole lot of changes are happening and they're going to happen but they're all for the better they're all great all good changes all good changes which 
we're super stoked. Can't really tell too many of them quite yet, but uh, I just just strap strap uh, mm. strap in strap in. Just yeah, stay tuned because it's coming. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah for sure. Well, Nate, once again, welcome to the team, man. Glad to have you. It's going to be epic. Um, I know myself and Darren aren't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Kevin Nakata will pop in every now and then as well, like normal. Um, probably call in more, more so call, call in from Florida. <laughs> Can't wait to talk to that guy. He his Instagram is epic, dude. Oh Those French fish has got me jealous. Don't <laughs> that looks so. Don't fun. tell him that. He doesn't oh, need it a looks bigger so head. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think our thought process is the more people, the more hosts, the the merrier. Absolutely. I mean, different perspectives, different mm-hmm. um, voices, and all that stuff. Different stories and stuff. Yeah. Different stories, different content. Yeah. Week through week, so. Um, like I said, Darren and I aren't going anywhere. You may not hear me one week. You may not hear Darren one week, but at least one of us will be here. Nate will be here as well. So, um, plenty of good stuff, plenty of good stuff on the horizon. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you again for inviting hey. me on. This is going to be really fun. I think I'm excited. It's a natural fit. You're like right down the road. So it's I all know. good. Yeah. I mean, you, I think Pacific coast is like, maybe like what? Five minutes away? 10 this minutes is away? Literally 10 minutes from my house. Nice. Perfect. That's way closer than where I live. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Awesome, Nate. Perfect. Well, any last words for this uh, episode, man? Well, um, again, thank you. So excited to be here. And I can't wait to start doing this on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, g- great to have you. And uh, any uh, any thoughts on what the future has uh, holds for Nate? Well, Swordfish, definitely. More media stuff, definitely. Mm-hmm. I have a YouTube account. Oh, Nate Win Outdoors. That is going to become more and more of a thing. I want to be, you know, publishing more videos offshore, inshore, maybe even tackle tips and stuff. So check that out on YouTube. Sweet. And uh, yeah, we'll be keep going into it into the fall, winter years. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, there's going to be no shortage of uh, content to be made, even the win- during the winter season, winter time. Plenty of stuff to do, and uh, looking forward to having you, man. Oh yeah, for sure. Guys, well, that is going to do it for this week. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at CCA California. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Get our numbers up so we can bring you more and more content. Nate, it's good to have you, man. Welcome to the team. Right on. Let's do it. Awesome, guys. Well, we will see you guys next week. Take care.